Burgess Meredith, Cameron Mitchell, and Barry Sullivan. Hello there, and welcome to episode 88 of the Night Gallery podcast. My name's Chris Brown. Today we're going to be talking about Finnegan's Flight. It's the 8th episode from Season 3. Originally broadcast December 17th in 1972. It's a Rod Serling script based on his own story and directed by Gene Kearney. Good evening, sports fans. In discerning circles, I'm known as the Howard Cosell of the Crypt. Which is to say, I'm more or less a professional practitioner of art that tells a story. And stories that dabble in themes that don't lend themselves to dinner conversation. Now here you have a study in penology. Man imprisoned by his fellow man. Caged in a barred cubicle and left alone far too long to contemplate both his sins and his sanity. This painting is called Finnegan's Flight. It touches upon prisons, hypnosis, and the soaring wings of imagination. But as to the latter, a small warning. Imagination can be a double-edged thing. It can take you out of the humdrum realities, but it can also fly you to a place much less pleasant. May I introduce to you now Mr. Finnegan in his first and last appearance in the Night Gallery. Charlie Finnegan is a man serving a life sentence in a federal prison, uh, but he wishes to escape the stone walls. He wants to fly, in fact, something that's become an obsession with him, uh, symbolic of his, uh, his need for freedom. He's also somebody who's very capable of being able to, to be hypnotised. This is obvious from another man, uh, played by Cameron Mitchell, who's called Tuttle. Tuttle is able to hypnotise uh, Finnegan, who's played by Burgess Meredith, to make him so he thinks that he can easily bash down the walls of the prison. And he does so, well, he tries to anyway, but breaks his hands in the process, but does not feel any pain. Tuttle does this through a very powerful hypnosis, mainly because he knows that Finnegan is incredibly susceptible to that. So he puts him in a, into a hypnotic trance and, um, <clears throat> and talks to him about, you know, being able to to fly and that kind of thing. When he's explaining it to the prison uh, psychiatrist, uh, Simish, who is played by uh, Dr. Sullivan. By Dr. Sullivan, Barry Sullivan. When he's explaining to uh, Simish um, about this hypnotic trance, he shows it and he's able to show the uh, incredible power that it actually has. That he's able to, for example, put his fingers into cold water but because of hypnosis it looks like it's hot and he thinks it's hot and it actually blisters his skin this is hot boiling water it's scalding hot huh? now I want you to put your fingers in it boiling hot put your fingers in Charlie put them in Charlie, it's all right. 
Doesn't hurt anymore. Uh, doesn't hurt. Pain's gone. Doctor, would you put your finger in there, please? Go ahead. It's cooling. Just regular water from your drinking cooler. Now, I'd like you to examine the fingers, please. Blistered, huh? Blistered because his mind told him that the water was boiling, boiling hot. Good Lord, I've never seen suggestion like that. No, you haven't. Because you read him as a number, Doctor. One of the inmates. I read him as a brain. A brain like an atomic stockpile. If those hands weren't made of skin, bone, sinew, what do you think they'd have done to those walls, huh? Take them out of the tunnel. Have you ever seen anyone so receptive to I told you to get him out of it, Tuttle, right now. <laughs> What's the matter, Doc? Are you scared? Interested by, by these experiments and, and, and by what Tuttle suggests. Um, the doctor agrees to them to do additional testing on certain provisos about you know, the, it being in his office and that kind of thing, and not in any of the cells. So they begin. And obviously, once again, because Finnegan is so obsessed with the concept of flying, Tuttle says to him, listen, you're flying incredibly high in the air, soaring high above the sky. Initially, Finnegan seems to enjoy it, but as time goes on, it becomes increasingly apparent that he's physically struggling despite the pleasure that he's getting from this flight. He can struggles to breathe and his face begins to blister and that's of the effects of being high up in the sky. He tells him to come down but because of a change in pressure the blood in his veins begins to boil and Finnegan starts to race towards the ground or the, the, the hypnosis ground as it were he flies down and is on and Tuttle is unable to stop him from plunging into the earth and then the most spectacular thing happens the bed explodes around him and Finnegan is is killed despite the horror and the terrible things that happen to Finnegan when Tuttle is led back to his cell there's still a part of him that's almost jealous at the fact that he was able, I bet briefly to fly away Hey Tuttle what went on? Lots of scuttle about an explosion or something they say Charlie Finnegan bought it what's the scam? Charlie Finnegan bought it He's a rocker, but now I think maybe you are. Why don't you show us some of your hypnosis? Do your act for us. You go to 
does it feel to be free? There's a fair old chance this story is actually a, uh, a nod to uh, Rod's brother, Robert, who was a novelist. And Robert wrote, uh, if you didn't know, uh, the president's plane is missing. He had a great passion for uh, for flight. Um, from a night gallery point of view, it bears some resemblance to the dead man, where somebody else becomes hypnotised to fake death in this case. And it uh, finally comes back to life while his, after his body's been decomposed. And then you get a classic zombie tale. With this, again, it's the physical manifestation of, of hypnosis. But I think more ta- I think with this, rather than being a uh, kind of an EC Comics kind of horror, this is very much a, um, a story that is about confinement. Interestingly enough, uh, for his book, for the book, the, uh, the, the anthology book, Night Gallery 2, the story is actually carefully rewritten uh, into like somebody does a party piece and wants to be the centre of attention and, and becomes the centre of attention for all the wrong reasons as his, as his, uh, his trick becomes increasingly wrong and terrible things happen. Uh, so it's taken from the prison setting, uh, which is a shame really because I quite like that idea and, and it's nice, you know, the... Um, the, the the idea that people are desperate to escape and you know the freedom of the mind almost is enough for them and that, that, that I really enjoyed that and it's it it again because it's sale and those kind of touches are, are really well written it's 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 well put together. <clears throat> Unsurprisingly, the cast is great. Burgess Meredith doesn't have a huge amount to do to be fair, uh, but what he does he does brilliantly. There are moments when he. He whole, you know, he hurts himself through hypnosis, uh, deliberately or not, and he does it well, you know. But you can see, you go with him on his journey, and he's such a tragic and broken character. Uh, Tuttle of Cameron Mitchell is also very well put together. You, you don't get much from him as such. He's kind of a, um, he's kind, you know, he's a hard guy, but. He, you know, you can you can give the impression of a man who's obviously, you know, gone a bit too far and and uh, tries to pull stuff back in his life. I think that's quite good. Um, where the problems probably come in is in some of the handling of it. Kearney does not make the, the episode look particularly pretty, um, which is a shame, really. Um, because uh, well, you know, it's it, it it's not it, it's very bright, it's not very moody. Um, also, I mean, this is probably down to the fact that budgetary constraints are starting to come into play with Night Gallery. That they um, the episode is not particularly great. It doesn't look like a prison. It certainly doesn't look like a prison that people would want to escape from. Looks more like a college, and uh, that's a real shame. It doesn't play out well with what happens, and you know what I mean. It just doesn't quite match the tone that uh, Salem was going for. Um, the makeup for uh, Finnegan uh, for his blisters and stuff like that wasn't great looking either. Um, it 
it's a shame. Editor Richard Bracken said, I had a problem with it, but the director thought it was right. It didn't like, I didn't like, like it at the time. I don't like it now. It's like this, this synthetic stuff that kind of peels off. It doesn't look particularly brilliant. Um, interestingly enough, the explosions were done uh, suitably dangerously. Um, speaking of it, John Gill Green, who plays an infirmary guard, says, Cam Mitchell was sitting on the edge of the bed. I'm standing right behind it, and Barry Sullivan is standing behind me. I start backing away, and the director said, I'm not going to stand... I said, wait a minute, you can't do that. And I said, what do you mean? I can't do that. I'm not going to stand up there. He said, yeah, but you've got Cameron and Barry, and they're standing there. And I said, I don't give a shit. Just because they're stupid doesn't mean I'm going to be. Um, And then... It goes on, it says, uh, apparently, Kearney went to uh, Gil Green and suggested to him that it'd be all right because the fireman assigned to the production said it was all right. I looked over and I said, is this goddamn thing safe? And he said, oh, absolutely, I've checked it. So I moved back up and out of the corner I see this fireman standing over the exit with one hand on the door and it's, all, it's too late for me to move. You talk about an explosion, it burnt Cameron Mitchell's eyebrows off. That damn thing went kaboom. Uh, that uh, that quote was from the um, the after hours talk, the uh, Scott Skelton, Scott Skelton, Jim Benson book. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, admittedly, everyone likes a good explosion. The the, the, the explosion is big. Salen went on later on to complain about about production issues on Night Gallery. I mean, you know, there are lots of quotes of him post this before his death in 75 but he said they would take scripts that essentially had something going for them some degree of merit and gave them no help whatsoever this is the terrible plight of the screenwriter constantly it's um I mean yeah it doesn't look right um and it uh, doesn't benefit doesn't benefit from particularly great uh, makeup, and the direction isn't fantastic at points. That said, the script is great fun. It's really well written and it's quite touching at its end, particularly when Tuttle is looking out and dreaming of his final escape. You know. Also, um, the script the cast is brilliant. So. I'm not going to be too massively down on Finnegan's Flight. I think it is a very solid story, a good story, and uh, something I might touch on again when we get to uh, Shelby Company for you, that with the removal of the anthology format, you know, these kind of like good stories but not amazing ones kind of stand and fall a little bit more, and um, they're a little bit harder to forgive if that's just the entire episode, you know. Interestingly enough, it's also one of the occasions when Salem was told to kind of jazz up the script to try and make it a bit tougher and to get to the action earlier. In this case, Salem added an addition the first time that um, our man Finnegan is bashing the walls with his fists is added in, which kind of means he does it twice, which doesn't help the script a lot, but um, adds a bit more action at the start. But it also is an indication, you know, exactly the kind of tinkering that was going on by the networks at this stage to try and, you know, 
make night gallery as scary or as violent as, as they possibly could to try and drive people to its door. Sleep now, again asleep, a deep sleep. It's very impressive, Mr. Tuttle, but I've seen it all before. You haven't seen this before. Right, so uh, next week we'll be discussing She'll Be Company for You, which is most notable for the fact it involves Leno Nimoy just going for it, really. Uh, if you want to get hold of me, you can do. It's chris at twilightzonenetwork.com. Uh, you can visit our website, www.thetwilightzonenetwork.com. Uh, also, there's links to our Facebook and our Twitter page for updates about what we're up to. And if you want to get hold of me personally, you can do. It's my private Twitter, which is at orange underscore monkey. So, until next week, take care, and I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye. <laughs>